Welcome to the Story Forest, a podcast of original tales for curious and adventurous children. When Theo and Molly find a monster crying in the middle of the forest, they've got to work hard to bring him and his true love back together, all under the eyes of the Monster King. Written by Anna Roberts and read by her favourite storyteller in the world, her mother, Pam McNaughton. Monsters in Love It was Saturday, the day for having a lazy morning, playing with your friends, watching TV. Except that for Theo, it was the day that the King of the Monsters had been in the woods for a whole week. It was hard to believe all the chaos he had caused in that time. There had been the dares that sent the monsters all over the village the llama running through the woods. The rebels had arrived and started felling trees. It felt as though Theo had done a whole year's worth of looking after the monsters in these seven days. So on this Saturday, Theo went into the woods without his usual excitement. What was he going to find? How would the king of the monsters be ruining everything now? The woods were quiet, though. Theo could hear a few monster snores coming through the trees and saw a few bubbles that some of the squelchy monsters called blorins emitted as they slept. Theo found himself enjoying the peace of the woods the way they usually were. He imagined for a moment that the monster king had just disappeared in the night, if only... When Theo reached the hollow tree where he stored his monster hunting gear, the hat, long stick and remote control, Molly was already there, sitting against the tree trunk. She gave him a grin. This is what the woods used to be like, she said. Peaceful. Just after she said it, a sound came from through the trees. It was a very strange sound, as if someone was singing and crying at the same time. Theo and Molly frowned at each other. You were saying, Theo said, and Molly laughed, getting up. Come on then, let's go and see what all the fuss is about today. Theo smiled. This was one of the things he really liked about Molly. She was almost always cheerful and never seemed worried that they weren't going to be able to handle something. They went through the forest, following the sound which called out on and off passing through the trees. Molly held out her hand and let the leaves brush through her fingers. And then she stopped. Look! She pointed to the trunk of the tree and Theo came over to her. There, glistening on the bark, was a strange golden liquid. They stepped back and immediately saw it on the trunk of another tree and another. I wonder what... Molly started to say when a voice came through the trees behind them. So you've seen it? Theo and Molly whirled around to see Professor Toadspawn standing with her hands on her hips and looking at them both. It could be a person with some gold paint, of course, but it doesn't seem like it. No, not like that at all. And have you heard a strange noise? Both of them were struck dumb, Theo's mind raced. Of 
course it made sense that Professor Toadspawn, who had been studying the woods and everything in them so closely, would start to notice the monsters. I think it's some sort of romantic ritual, but I've never seen an animal do this before. The professor dived closer to the tree and stuck her finger in the gold goo. She tasted it and Molly made a sort of gagging noise. It's not paint, the professor said. How strange. Uh, yes, Theo said. Very strange. I I think we need to go now. Professor Toadspawn gave them a vacant sort of smile. Bye, see you on Monday, Molly said, and she and Theo disappeared into the trees. Do you think she was right? Molly asked, and Theo shrugged. They were getting closer to the noise, and the trees around them were covered in more and more of the gold goo. Finally, they came to a small space between the trees, where the sun shone down onto the woodland floor. Knelt there, looking up towards the sky, with golden tears running down his face and emitting those strange sounds, was one of the Renati, the rebel monsters who had arrived at Wickety Woods to get rid of the king. He had seemed so strong and determined. Now, with his craggy grey face up to the sky, he wept. Theo really, really didn't know what to say. Molly bit her lip, then stepped forward. I'm so sorry that you're sad, Renati. Is it the Monster King? The Renati turned to look at them. He did not stop his tears from falling or look in any way embarrassed, but he settled back to sit on the ground and gestured to invite them to do the same. They did. I am Rombaldo. It was in the court of the Monster King many years ago that I first met my Rinelda. She had eyes like a hurricane and a voice like an eagle and she could make me laugh like no one else. She wrote poetry and her words touched our hearts like nothing else. Rinelda took me to climb the trees in the moonlight. She showed me frogs and flowers and mysteries. The Renati's eyes shone through the golden tears that glistened on his face. We were due to be married, but then she wrote a poem that the king of the monsters did not like. He banished her, and like that, she was gone. Molly gasped, and Theo frowned. This was awful. I searched for her, but she has always been good at hiding. I suppose she didn't want me to be banished too, but I have spent years looking for her and coming to detest the king who so cruelly separated us. I'm so sorry, Molly said, a bit awkwardly, and Theo made a strange noise in agreement. Now the Renati looked up at them. Then we came here, and last night after the parade... I saw something through the trees. It was her. It was my Rinelda. Theo's mouth dropped open. Um, 
I'm really sorry, but we've never even seen one of you before. The monster shook his head fervently. She is the best at hiding, and this is just the sort of place she'd come. Out of the way, insignificant, but connected, safe and secure. She's here. And then he dropped his hand and his head again. But she has not come to me. Molly reached out a hand and patted his shoulder. We'll help you find her if she's here, Theo said, suddenly determined. He whistled the long whistle that called Matilda to him and soon the purple monster was there, looking around her with interest. Theo told her what was going on and she frowned as he mentioned the king's part in all of this. But most importantly, Matilda... Do you think there could be a Renati hiding in the wickety woods? He finished up. Matilda blew out through her nose, making a funny fluttering noise. She was thinking. Yes, she said eventually. I think there could be. I have seen golden tears like these before. Great, Matilda, where were they? Molly was excited and Matilda smiled at her. On the eastern side of the woods, just a speck here and there. I couldn't tell you exactly, I'm afraid. It's a good start, though, Matilda. Thanks. Theo looked at Molly. I think we'd better ask Professor Toadspawn how to track an animal. Do you think we can do it without mentioning monsters? Molly laughed, then nodded. Rombaldo, the Renati, looked profoundly grateful and got up to his feet, obviously ready to go. Theo turned to Matilda one more time. Do you think there are any monsters who would help? I suppose we need to keep it secret from the king. Matilda nodded. I will tell them the story. I think it may start to change a few minds about the king. She furrowed her bristly purple brows. Just so it's clear, I think he's a bad, selfish and greedy monster and a bad king and I wish he wasn't here and never came in the first place. So there. Theo grinned at her, and Molly spoke. Good one, Matilda. We agree. Mr Sebastian is actually on a secret mission to ask the Monster Council to get rid of him. Matilda let out a sigh of relief, and then they all set out for their various missions. Professor Toadspawn was studying some more bark with the golden goo on it when they found her. Uh, Hello, Theo said nervously, and then Molly plunged in. Professor Toadspawn, if if you're looking for where an animal lives, what would you do? How would you find it? Especially if it's a shy. Professor Toadspawn turned to them beaming and words began to pour out of her mouth. Well, this is a huge question, of course. The main principle is to look at any sort of trace that the animal may have left behind, and these differ hugely between the species. The most obvious is footprints, that there are also tail prints, patterns of behaviour or grazing, such as bite marks in the plants, rubbing on the trees and such like, or the collection of materials for a nest, or the materials used in their courtship rituals, Which animal are you interested in tracking? Uh, We're not sure. Just wondering, Theo said, slightly dazed. Thanks, Professor. 
When they moved back into the trees, the Renati was waiting for him. Uh, apart from the tears, what else do Renati do? Theo asked. We need to look for signs that would show where Rinalda is. Rombaldo frowned. We eat sparingly of bark. We are well versed in the art of concealment. We gather our nests from feathers shed on the ground, one by one, and we build hidden nests in trees. We make little noise as we move, only if we cry. He looked a little bit ashamed. OK, Theo said. It didn't feel like a lot to go on. They walked towards the east of the forest, hoping that something would become apparent. But only a few moments later, they stepped into a clearing which was full of monsters. Theo tensed, but then Matilda swooped in front of him. I told them, she said, they want to help. There was a Honloba and the Nick Stores and a Floris, Pollingtons, a couple of Norfolo and more monsters ranged all around. They smiled at the Renati. There was a Honloba and the Nick Stores and a Floris, Pollingtons, a couple of Norfolo and more monsters ranged all around. They smiled at the Renati. Great, Molly said and then told them what they were looking for. The monsters started to hunt, and now with all of their help, Theo felt a lot more confident of success. Honloba went low to the ground to listen to the sounds of the forest. The Nickstores started to examine the bark of the trees carefully. The Pollingtons looked for feathers and at the birds. And a trail began to emerge. The party moved through the woods, slowly, carefully, a monster spotting bark here, or faded golden tears there, or a strange absence of feathers. The trail led them slowly through the trees. Then Rombaldo called out, Hush! And all the monsters stopped at once. He turned and stepped forward again, then again. Then a small cry came from his mouth. She's there! Then he turned resolutely and walked sternly away into the woods. Theo and Molly looked at each other, bemused, then told all the monsters they could go and ran to follow him. Rombaldo! Molly called out and they caught up. What are you doing? Theo asked. I just can't go to her like this, Rombaldo said. I must prepare something for her. I must woo her. I must collect food and soft things for her to sit on and, and show her my love. Won't she just be pleased to see you? Molly said. But Rombaldo shook his head. It is our way. So then Theo and Molly had to plan a romantic picnic for the monster. They divided up the tasks and agreed to meet again a couple of hours later. Theo went home and found picnic blankets, some garden cushions and a few candles in jars. When he went back into the woods, the sky was beginning to darken and he hurried to meet Molly and Rombaldo. They laid out the blanket and lit the candles. Molly had made cookies and brought lovely fruits, 
and some battery-powered fairy lights. It looked lovely. Rombaldo went through the trees to the nest, and when he returned, he was holding another Renati by the hand. She looked shy, but when she saw the clearing, her eyes lit up. I think we'd better go, Molly whispered to Theo, and they went quietly away into the trees, leaving the Renati alone. But as they walked, a new sound followed them, a haunting tune calling out into the darkness, sweeping around the trees. It felt like every twig and leaf stirred with the sound of it. And then another voice joined in, melodies swooping and dancing around each other. The gold tears on the trees began to shine, and the lindeluns and tantruffs came out to dance, glow and glitter. Molly grinned at Theo. It sounded as if it was going well. The next morning, when Theo went into the woods, the Renati were waiting together, just the other side of the fence. The other monsters told us you'd be here, Rombaldo said, looking a little embarrassed. Then Rinelda spoke gently, softly. I'm afraid we need your help again. Rombaldo has made me brave. I must be disguised so that the king of the monsters does not recognise me from before. Then he must marry us. I don't want to hide a moment longer. Right, Theo said, furrowing his brow. I think I'll call Molly. And so he did, and soon after Molly was there, and she cut Renelda's hair and helped her fashion new clothes from a bedsheet Theo's mum was throwing out. And she'd brought some of her mum's makeup. Renelda was satisfied. Let us go and see the king. They walked through the trees. As it was a solemn occasion, Molly and Theo grabbed their monster hunting gear, and as they went more and more, monsters joined them until it felt like a procession led by Rombaldo and Rinelda, followed by the monster hunters in their tall hats and with their long sticks, followed by all sorts of shapes and sizes of monsters. When they got to the entrance to the King of the Monsters' den, Rinelda called out in a strong, clear voice, Come and join us, Monster King! Theo was impressed. She glanced at them with a smile, adding, I will not go underground to meet him. They waited, and then the slow stomp of the King of the Monsters' huge bulk began to appear, then emerge from the hole in the ground, followed by his advisers in their smart green coats. He looked around at all the monsters suspiciously, his eyes finally landing on Theo. What's all this? Theo gulped. Uh, a wedding, your majesty. These monsters wish to be married and would be honoured if you would perform the ceremony for them. The monster king's eyes turned to Rombaldo and Rinelda and Theo felt Molly tense beside him. Would the disguise be enough? But it wasn't only them watching intently. Theo glanced beside him and saw a whole clearing full of monsters, watching the king without their usual adoring look. Something was different. Their eyes were full of challenge, 
of expectation, the mood in Wickety Woods had changed. The Monster King looked at the Renati for a long time. Long enough, Theo thought, that he probably did recognise them. But when he looked out across all of the other monster faces, he finally grunted. Fine, make the preparations. We'll do it at sundown. Then he turned and went back underground. And then the monsters put all their energies into preparing a wedding. Theo could tell that their work wasn't just for the Renati, not just for the dream of love, but it was an act of defiance. They would give these monsters, the king had separated, a marvellous, magnificent wedding. The monsters banished Theo and Molly from the woods, and they went to play at the park with Evie and Sam for a wonderful, normal afternoon. But after tea, which they had at Theo's house, they went back into the woods. The monsters had done an amazing job. Trails of leaves and glowing glitter led through the trees and they followed them to a clearing where the floor had been completely covered in a tapestry of leaves woven together in wonderful patterns and shapes. It was lit by a million tiny floating monsters and down the middle was a path of white and orange flowers arranged on the floor. The Monster King stood at the front, and though his expression was surly, he was decorated in gold and in flowers himself, and stood resplendent against the woods. Theo could almost believe he was a good king. The monsters gathered from their corners of the forest, all of them singing a version of the song the Renati had sung the night before, bringing harmonies, bass, rhythm and textured sound with their different voices and noises. Gathering slowly, the music became louder as they came and took their places on the green of the clearing. Then they were all there, and the king of the monsters lifted his hands and they stopped singing. Now one of the Renati Rombaldo had travelled with sang a slow, beautiful song, and Rombaldo emerged from the trees behind the monsters to stand at the front. He was covered in an impressive coat made from dark and light ferns. Then Theo heard a gasp from behind him and he turned to see Renelda starting to walk slowly up the aisle in the middle of the monsters. She was covered in a gown made from flowers of every colour and shade and her eyes were steadily fixed on Rombaldo and Tricklemore stood beside her, holding her arm until she reached the front. The ceremony passed in a blur, with the quaret making a beautiful speech, the king of the monsters leading the Renati through some vows, and much singing and dancing. Then the monsters started to party, and led the way to another clearing which was full of food, and they celebrated wildly, as monsters do. Theo and Molly were sad to leave when it was time to go home, but they were full of food and they were full of happy moments, and the memory of Rombaldo and Rinelda seeming to glow from inside, dancing together. As they moved away from the music and light, Theo caught sight of something from the corner of his eye, a small monster carrying a scrap of paper. It floated and drifted towards them until Theo reached out to take the paper. 
Molly looked as he unfurled it. It contained a note in scrawled handwriting that Theo recognised as Mr Sebastian's. It said only this, We will arrive tomorrow. The monster council was coming. Everything was about to go wild, all over again. The end. Thanks for listening. What do you think the monster council will do when they arrive? Who do you think would make a good monster king? Remember to catch up on all our series from the time-travelling George in the Night Castle to plucky Princess Isabel in her adventures and the mysterious musical lands in the Sapphire Islands. We'll see you next week for the monster finale. (laughs) 